0: Welcome back to The book Rock. It's Jay Scott. Thanks for tuning in. I always appreciate it. Been kind of absent over the last month or so. Uh, we just did the Josh Todd interview last week with Buck Cherry. But prior to that, I kind of took the month of May off. Um, did 14 episodes in April. And my son is gearing up for high school graduation. And just kind of decided to designate more time to that whole process and enjoy that whole thing with prom and graduation and so i just uh took a little uh took a little time off from the podcast but glad to be back glad to welcome all you back thanks for tuning in like i said we are part of the pantheon podcast network a great network of music related podcasts So please check them out at pantheonpodcast.com. There's podcasts for everyone on there. A lot of my friends are on that, like Mac from the Ugly American Werewolf in London podcast, and my boys Tom and Zeus on the Shout Out Loudcast, Great Kiss podcast, and many others as well. And you can also check out the Hook Rocks on all social media platforms like Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Hook Rock. So please check out that. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review and subscribe or follow us wherever you do podcasts so you get the latest episodes right to your phone. And you can enjoy all the previous episodes, too, as well. We are approaching our 500th episode. We're also approaching our four-year anniversary episode. So we've been kind of doing this for a while and... I think we've reached veteran status at this point, maybe. I don't know. People can determine that. But don't forget to check out some of the previous episodes we've done this year. We did uh, a great interview with Kip Winger from the band Winger, talking their new album. So a great interview, and a lot of people sent me messages on that, complimenting um, the conversation that we had with Kip. So please enjoy that. George Lynch from... Dakin and Lynch Mob returned once again, our, his fourth time on the show. Always great to have George. Always great to see the rapport that I've built with him and the conversations that we can have. So enjoy that. Like I mentioned, Josh Todd from Buck Cherry. And we also welcomed the Lost Hearts Band, the new band out of Nashville. Great band there. And we also talked about AI, TikTok, and live streaming and where things are going with that in the music business with Christine Eagle, our rock music insider. Always great to have her on once a quarter. And these are really timely topics, especially TikTok and potential uh, ban that uh, it's facing here in the United States. A lot of states have already banned it. A lot of um, state agencies have already banned it. And then, of course, AI, which has really impacted music and will continue to impact music over the next foreseeable future as... That grows and grows. And unfortunately, it, it grows and grows. I, I don't think AI has any place in the music business. That's just my opinion. And I'm sure people differ on that or agree with that. But I just think that, you know, authenticity in the organic way of rock and roll is always the best way. So check all those. And of course, early in the year, we had Rick Niels from cheap, from cheap trick and Richie Kotzen from the winery dogs. So lots of great stuff planned here for the summer. So please continue to turn, tune in and Getting back to what we we do, like probably our biggest thing we do here is new music spotlights and, and talking about new bands and talking with new bands. We love doing it about 35 to 40 percent of our episodes are geared towards new music and talking about it and talking with the bands. so without further ado, this band here arrived with their new album in 2022. It was on a lot of lists for our top 10 albums of the year when we did our final year-end review of our celebration of music for each year, and that is the band Abrams, and my guest is Zach. What's happening, man? How are you?
1: What's up, Jay? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, man. Thanks for doing this. I appreciate it.
0: I've been wanting to have you on for a while, and I know we were trying to schedule things over the last six weeks or so, we finally are able to get it done, but... I got to tell you, without the group of people that I communicate with on social media, the Groove Council, as we call ourselves, we're always exchanging new music with each other. This band was really championed by my co-host of our quarterly album reviews and our year-end reviews, Chris Corradetti. You can find him at CO underscore Mountaineer on Twitter, and he just is a huge fan. He's in the Denver area, and just loves the band Abrams can't say enough about it and turn me on to it and just an, an incredible album, incredible journey of music.
1: Hey, I re I really appreciate that. Um, yeah. I, I mean, it's funny just hearing how, you know, people have found us, you know, this is actually our fourth full length. So, uh, you know, just just hearing different stories about you know people sharing the the record with their friends and then catching on, you know, kind of a grassroots thing. Um, however, you're able to hear it, we're we're happy that you're, you know, that, that it's getting into the right ears. So, um, yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, you, you know, the the album is so layered and is really, I, I always love it when an album really takes me on a journey and you know the songs really connect with each other not so much in a concept way but just a flow and i always enjoy that when you you start an album and it begins and you kind of take off with it and you kind of land when it when the album's over there's no kind of peaks and valleys and i really thought that was the biggest thing with this album is it sounds even though you know this is your fourth studio album and you guys are still growing your audience and still growing you know the band There's really a sense of maturity in terms of the sound, in terms of the approach to writing.
1: Oh, completely agree with you, 100%. Um, This record was was really uh, uh, just another turn for us. I I think, you know, we kind of, you know, earlier in the days, you know, we were pretty, you know, dream-driven. Over the last two records, you know, we got over that. We actually want to try and, you know, do some hooks, um, pun intended, um, you know, clean singing and and really focus on melody, but still keeping it, you know, heavy rock based. And this record, you know, you mentioned flow. That's also really important to us. I I think listening to a full album these days kind of almost is like a lost art, um, where it's very single driven, you know, the new Spotify singles out. You release like 12 singles a year, but I love just putting on, you know, a vinyl record, or even if it's just, you know, streaming a a record from top to bottom, something that that I can listen to and and that flows, you know, really evenly and nicely for 35, 50 minutes. Um, I, I just think that to me, that art, that piece of art will, um, never get old for me. Um, just the full album, you know, thing. and, 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 uh, but yeah, man, um, we just just definitely really wanted to do something you know a little bit different but still keep keep our main influences intact but also just just kind of go with a big heavy sound and i think we i think we succeeded
0: before we get further into the album in the dark we always ask the same first question to our first time guest on the show and that really is what the podcast is all about and that's just like every great rock song has a hook that pulls you in. Every rock fan has a moment, whether it's a song, an album, a band or performance that hooked them on rock and roll. What was it for you?
1: Oh man. I would say, well, growing up, my dad was a huge, you know, like Neil Young, Springsteen fan um so him kind of showing me i remember just watching actually he showed me i I don't know if you're familiar but the rocking in the free world performance they did with pearl jam at the mtv like movie awards or music i don't know something like that but
2: oh yeah i I think that
1: got me hooked that's like one of the greatest live performances of of all time and like seeing eddie up there with neil just rocking out on the whammy bar i was like i want to do that i want to do that man and I, I don't know. My dad had a big influence on me, and, and you know, in in just like creating, you know, giving me an awesome platform to listen to. I remember just like me and my brother like jamming around the house, like air guitaring with like tennis rackets or something. So kind of he kind of you know got got me into that stuff at an early age. But I'd say you know like that that 70s, 80s classic rock stuff, going into grunge stuff. That's that's really what got me got me kind of hooked what um when was it that
0: you decided you wanted to be in a band
1: good question man I mean I was in bands in like high school but you know nothing like too nothing too serious it was um like my real first band actually was just like right after college so I went to Boulder. We're, we're, we're Denver based. So, um, you know, CU, um, Boulder met a bunch of, you know, hippies out there. And then after school, I was like, does anyone rock in this town? And, uh, moved to Denver, met, you know, there's a great rock scene in town and just kind of going to shows, local shows and meeting people and, and jamming, you know, that's when I was like, ah, oh, I can do this. You know, like, <laughs> I feel like it kind of late to the party, you know, cause, um, after college, you know, it's like people start bands so young, but like, I really got serious into it, you know, my early twenties. And I was like, Oh, I want to do this. And I, that first band I joined, I met, um, our bass player, Taylor and Taylor and I are, you know, the, the two, you know, founding members of, of Abrams. And we've been doing it for, man, it's crazy to say almost 10 years. So, um, yeah, we're we're just a great team and you know, we've we've got a good four piece right now. So um yeah, early twenties really. Yeah, the Denver scene has
0: been kind of a sneaky scene for the last few years. Like more and more bands I notice are coming out of Denver. And, and maybe that's because of the population shift. You know, they've experienced the growth over the last 15 years in population. So kind of makes sense, right? Things start to change and more people start to move in a, into a place. You're going to have things that maybe that weren't there before. Like, you know, I think of you guys and I think of the band fast Eddie, which is from Denver. And then, uh, yeah. What's the one? Yeah. What's
1: the one band? Uh, is it near dusk? Are they from Denver? Near dusk is from Denver. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, you know, there's, you know, like, everyone always says, like, chemists, um, you know, they, they're they from here. They're, they're our good buddies um, who blew up within the last couple of years, you know, getting on, like, tours with Mastodon and Opeth and, and uh, you know, stuff like that. And just, like, a really, really good scene of not just, like, just rock and roll, but a lot of, like, a lot of metal, a lot of, um, you know, doom stuff. Um fast daddy has got a cool scene out here too, you know, with that type of you know, garage type of rock and stuff like that. So there's I mean, I went to a show last night. Um there's a show every night. You know, last night um our buddies in Love Gang, they just put out a really kick-ass record on uh Heavy Psych Sounds um played last night. So it's just a, a good good scene out here, a lot to do. But you're right, it's been a I mean, ten years ago. Really, before the whole weed thing got crazy, Denver was kind of a cow town, and you know, we get a lot of transplants now, which is you know bumping up rent price and the uh, housing market's crazy out here. Um, so it brings on brings brings in a lot of you know, transplants, which which is cool because I mean I don't know I think the more people the better, uh, <laughs> and I don't know people are excited about it. There's like Thursday night you know as a packed show at this bar um you know so people are, are on and about and looking to have a good time looking for good live music i know you were talking about like ai and all that stuff you know it's like yeah stuff is like going into music getting in the music industry now it's like just going out and seeing four dudes you know plug in and play like real music i think that's never going to go away i think people are always going to want to see that crap and and uh you, you can't beat that really
0: yeah i agree you know it's such a, a a ever quickly evolving world in the music industry. You know, like it's like week to week now, you know, it used to take time for things to change and things to evolve and a new scene or a new sound to rise from what's happening now. But it's almost like things are so fast and things are so quick. And it's been that way in certain areas. I mean, that's why we've gone into like a singles generation, right? Because you know, you got to stay in front of people and you got to, you know, people's attention spans are not what they were because they're always on their phones and they're always looking for the next best. Yeah. But you know, you just look at everything that's happening, it's like a year from now, where will the music business be? Where will rock music be? Because that's what we focus on. And it's just the unknown. It it really is. And it's it's um <laughs> it's a shame on one end, but I think it's also there's a lot of positives too as well. I think because of the lack of focus from major labels and, and, you know, this, this uh, mainstream market for rock music. I think rock has really become music for people making it and music for its fans. It's not, you know, do we always, we always ask this question or talk about it. Do we want rock music to be mainstream again? Yes, we do. We want it to be as popular as, 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 as it can be, but at the same time, what, what will be lost if that happens? You know, you look at pop music and you look at all the other mainstream type of music and it's all, it's not authentic anymore. It's very, you know, especially pop music. I mean, I can't think of any pop artist that's really authentic in terms of recording in terms of live, in terms of
1: all that stuff. It's, it's crazy. I hear you, man. I mean, I'll be the first to tell you, I'd love it to be mainstream because <laughs> I want to sure. quit my day job, man. But, you know, it, it, it's uh, the thing you're saying about everything is so fast right now. You know, it's like people have, you know, tiny attention spans. You you work on a record for, I don't know, it takes me nine months, let's just say a year to, to write a record, you know, get 10 to 12 songs it takes, uh, it takes about a month to record it. And then by the time you get, you know, a label to put it out and vinyl to come in, it's another year. So it's a two year process. And by the time it comes out, you know, you, you're, you're sick of it. And, uh, you know, you're already on to the next one. And it's, it's like, all right, I hope this catches on. But you know, it's like, there's, one good thing that you were saying is, you know, it's it's a lot easier to get to to put out music to be in a band. It's it's you can do it, you know, cost effectively, you know, pretty cheaply. Um, you don't need like major label or an insane amount of money to do it. But that's a double-edged sword because now there's just so much product out there. It's hard to kind of like stand out, you know, where people are really using social media. You know, it's it's based off of like how many Instagram followers do you have or you, how many likes did you get on this post? You know, not about like how sick the record is, you know? So it's just like uh, it, it, you got to play that game too. But um, for us, it's, it's always going to be music first, you know, um, full records. you know, front to back, all killer, no filler. Um, and, you know, just keep pumping them out, you know, whether there's, you know, 10 people in the show in Phoenix or, you know, a thousand people at some show down the road, we're, we're just stoked to play, you know?
0: Yeah. I think the thing that's really, really interesting about rock music is, you know, in order to be a, you know, rock band and be successful years ago, you had to go to LA and, you know, how that relates to scenes that now are popping up is you no longer have to go to LA to get noticed i mean you guys are in denver nashville has really become kind of the the ground zero for all things rock at this point you know but there's also other areas too or pretty much any area can pop up and be have its own scene and a band can do what you're doing or anyone else without having to go to la and let's face it the cost of living in california is also a hindrance to anyone trying to to be an artist and make it at that point. So when you kind of stay local, like with Denver, you're able to do kind of the same things that you were able to do in the '80s and in the '70s. But you can do it now anywhere. And you know, if you get to a certain level and you want to be, you want to move somewhere else, whether it's Nashville, New York, whatever, you can do that. But you can always start your base now, and I think that helps the creativity too, because you know you're in your you're in an environment you're comfortable with. And you're making music and you have the ability to do virtually the same stuff.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah, we don't, you don't have to be basically all, all, all we need is our, our four guys, you know, close to each other. Cause, um, but also just having that camaraderie that we do. I don't, I mean, obviously, I don't know what it was like in Seattle and, and, you know, during that, you know, late 80s, early 90s thing. But like, honestly, like, We've we've done a, a bit of traveling all across the U.S. and you know there's like for some reason Denver just seems to have like a really good you know home base of of a bunch of bands a bunch of like you know rock bands you know like like just whatever that is rock metal garage rock punk stuff like that where I just kind of see a lot of the camaraderie like you know between between bands you know locally that like maybe maybe what was happening in Seattle and and, you know that before that crazy explosion, not to say that Denver's going to explode. There's going to be another like, you know, Nirvana or something like that, which will never happen again, in my opinion. But yeah, we don't, you don't have to go to LA, you know, right now our our biggest thing is like, we actually have uh, a, we're we're trying to figure out where to record the next record and we're trying to, you know, do some moves and, and we're, we're picking between a couple of, Couple of guys right now, where we're gonna have to travel for that, which is exciting, but you know, costly. And um, I think it's, it's definitely gonna be a positive thing because um, you know we're talking to some some good dudes. But uh, you know, having to travel for recording could be fun. You know, put yourself in like a you know a different, more uncomfortable environment, which which can kind of like create some pressure. Which I think you can thrive under that kind of pressure, you know, when there's money on the table and there's time limits and stuff like that. It's like, oh crap, gotta, gotta really like buckle down and get this done. So that's, that's another exciting thing to think about. Yeah. That, that's interesting.
0: You say that, how important is it for you when recording to have comfort or be uncomfortable? I mean, obviously everybody wants to be comfortable, but what do you think better serves the music?
1: Well, we try to come in as prepared as possible. Um, you know, with a lot of pre-production done, a lot of demoing. Like where I'm sitting now is where I do most of our demos. And, you know, come in with full, full fledged ideas with, you know, especially like within the last record, we really did a lot of pre-production and spent a lot of time on on vocal melodies. Um so so if you're really comfortable with the songs, um you know, and, 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 you know, pumped about them, excited about them, I think that kind of relieves some pressure. Um, that's the number one thing. It's like, you got to be really confident and, and, you know, what you're going to spend a lot of money on recording that takes off a, a lot of the pressure. That's the bad pressure, you know, but the good pressure I think is like having that pressure of, okay, we've got three weeks to do this entire record or you know i've got i've only got five days to 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 you know belt and hopefully i don't lose my voice um you know those types of time constraints um you know also with you know looking at the the, the amount of money that you're, you're going to owe for that is, is good pressure that uh, it's like, all right, we better do it. Just get up and do it. Um, (laughs) So that's the type of good pressure, I think, but, you know, trying to relieve, like just coming in fully prepared as possible, you know, tight, just, just rehearse, 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 and come in and you're good. It's, 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 it's all fun after that. Really. What about the producer, the guy that sits in the
0: chair yeah, get you to get tries to get the most out of you like totally. i said you know is it is it welcome to feel a little uncomfortable welcome to be challenged if it serves the music
1: for sure we um uh, so with the last record we we did um we went to Dave Otero um who who's actually in town he's he's a fantastic um not only just a great engineer mixer master um, but really what we're going to him for is is basically hiring him hiring him as a fifth member of the band. I think it's really important to, you know, because you spent we spend so much time just as a four piece, you know, just in our own minds, listening to our demos, and it's like, okay, this is the right way. But having that outside ear um is really important and he's always got fantastic ideas, whether it's um, you know, vocal harmonies or, you know, like a different song structure um i think that's we're we're all ears for that um because that's what we're really hiring you know the producer to do is to to basically improve us and and just like it's nice to have that um you know that that little outside information coming in to just to make the songs better so that's it's a plus for sure
0: how much are you impacted by what's happening around you when you're creating and writing?
1: Good question. Um, When I'm writing, I really, I really try not to listen to, um, you you know, a lot of, a lot of new music. I'll kind of just go to my, my classics if I'm, you know, in, in the morning drive or something, or I just listen to like talk radio or something crazy like that. I try to just like, Cause I think it's easy to get, you know, see like, you know, the, who who the hit new bands are, like what's catching on. It's like, Oh man, we got to do that. We got to like, you know, we got to sound like turnstile now or something like that. It's easy to get swayed. It's like, Oh, everyone's flocking to this type of style. And it's like, you know, I feel like with this last record and like where we're going now is um, we're, we're, we're writing music that's more true to ourselves. And it's like, and I think that's very, um, what's the word? I don't know. Um, honest, you know? So it's just like, it's basically just me sitting here uh, just starts with just jamming on my guitar maybe. And I just hear like one riff and, and just build off of that. And it's all, it all happens very naturally. So I try not to get like swayed or not try and not try to like basically imitate other people, you're always going to have that naturally just based off your general influences. But um, that's where I think, you know, with this last record and, and with what we're writing right now, it's it, we kind of developed our own our own sound. And you can definitely it's fun to hear like, you know, people comparing us to to what they think we're influenced by. And I love always hearing stuff like, you know, you guys sound like this band. And it's like I've never even listened to that band in my life. I think that's really cool. And it's just like, you know, a bunch of different like cool bands that that I've never even heard of, or maybe that I have, but just never even like listened to. It's like I, I think that's really cool how people can pick different parts of, you know, what what they can relate to or what they think it sounds like. And I'm like, all right, cool. Sounds cool. <laughs> I find
0: the writing process probably the most intriguing part of creating music because you know, you're, you're trying to come up with a hook. You're trying to come up with melodies that mirror the lyrics you're writing and writing about what comes first for you. Typically, is it a riff? Is it a melody? Is it lyrics? Is it all the above? Mm
1: -hmm. Most of the time I'd say 10 times, nine times out of 10, it is it's music first. It's, it's a riff first. Um, we, we changed our writing process for the last record just because we were doing it, you know, during COVID and everything. So prior to, to, you know, the pandemic and everything, we would, we would write all together in the room and um, which was cool and all, but, you know, we had to shift gears. We didn't really get together um, for a long time, you know, when, when the pandemic was happening. So I would, I would basically write out, Demo out full songs on my you know just my little home studio here, um put you know like just a drum machine over it, something really simple, but that really helped helped I think our sound a lot, uh, especially with the vocals, because prior to the pandemic i'd be you know we'd be jamming out and and I would just kind of improvise something you know while we were playing, but what I found was really helpful in writing really catchy. Um, and, and and hooky vocals was you know once the song's just completely done, or you know once the music's completely recorded, put the guitar down, and don't just just sing you know just trying to find a hook over a chorus or over a verse while you're not playing the guitar because it's kind of like this thing, you know when you're like playing and singing like if 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 I find it if I, the way for me to to, to um to know if, if, uh, if a vocal hook is catchy or, or good, it doesn't follow the guitar line. So if I I pick up the guitar and and try and sing that sing and play at the same time, if it's hard to sing and play at the same time, I think that's a good testament of, of a good vocal hook because it's not following the guitar line. So, um, that way of, of writing was really cool. I kind of just, you know, I, I, I would demo out the full song and then when we would get together, you know, I'd obviously send it out. They'd put in, you know, their input. And then, you know, obviously it goes through the filter of the whole band, you know, um, our drummer would come up with an, obviously a way sicker drum beat Our bass player. Taylor would come th- come, come up with a, you know, a, his, put his filter through it and then, you know, some more guitar layers. So it's just a, a cool way I think of, uh, of writing, um, you know, and uh and, and presenting presenting it to the band where it goes through a bunch of different filters and then comes back a little bit different, but long-winded answer. So I hope I I I answered any of that.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Um
1: when you're writing a riff
0: and you're coming up with the melody and you're and you're writing the music for it, do you try to mirror the vibe with the right lyrics or is that completely separate
1: so lyrics are a little lyrics are for us i mean this one was like it was, it was a pretty personal record but um how how i like to do it is it it's basically just finding first i'm finding the hook so i'm just like mumbling syllables and then through through just mumbling symbol, syllables I'll pick words that I really like and then write down and then you know and then I end up you know just writing basically something that will fit over the melody that I'm writing it's kind of like a, a weird algorithm a weird equation that I do and then and then I'm and then kind of later it's like I really don't even understand what I'm like the lyrics are about until like I'm in the studio or like I'm listening back I'm like oh man that's that's actually a really strangely personal lyric that I had no idea. Like sometimes it just starts with gibberish and then, you know, it it, it gets inspired through um, I think just the vibe of the song. And then there's certain words that I just think sound cool and then kind of just go off of that. So um, I I definitely don't go in, I don't consider myself a poet at all, Um, but uh, I definitely, you know, do not write lyrics, you know, first or like go in with like, ai am going to write a song about, you know, this specifically, it just kind of happens very uh, off the cuff, really, which I think is a fun, natural way of of, of writing
3: Go to PantheonPodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to
2: win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package.
3: And guess what, Rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. Do
0: you ever feel... Or do you ever approach very personal things for you when writing? Is that a difficult process?
1: I definitely do. Um, the last two records were I mean, man, I would say our last three records were were all really personal. Um, you know, our, our record called our second record morning, Taylor and I were were doing a lot we were sharing a lot of the vocal duties more. Um, and we were both going through like some bad breakups at the time. So that's our breakup record. <laughs> um, so that stuff is, you know, just obviously personal. Um, but, you know, the last two records, it's, you know, it's. There's there's definitely a lot of personal stuff in there, you know, just dealing with, you know, just the ins and, it, ins and outs of of the daily grind. But also, you know, there's there's addiction stuff in there. Um, you know, there's there's just different experiences that um we've we've all kind of gone through um on a personal level that that yeah, we we write about it. Some of it, you know, like some of it is 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 not really like right on the nose. I'd say one one that is is probably, you know, um our song our song called Better Living. I think it's the third track um on in the dark on the last record and that's you know that one's pretty on the nose you know it's like basically about just doing the same thing you know drinking drinking and drinking and drinking and and like you know maybe it's time to pack up and and do something else um so there's there's things like that that are on the nose i think is i i find that one is a a favorite you know lyrically but it's also got that big chorus big hook and it's um I don't know. People seem to, to really catch on to, to the lyrics and, and, and the catchiness of the song. So that one, I'm pretty proud of that, that song.
0: You know, this last album you guys did really checked all the boxes for, for music fans, for rock fans. You know, when you're recording something and you're creating, how do you know when a song is done and a song is ready to be recorded that kind of makes the magic of a, of a complete album?
1: yeah that's always the toughest part it's like because we we go in and we change stuff around It's you know we'll have verse chorus bridge outro you know but it's like it's always like there's just seems like there's there needs to be something else like you know do we do we do a solo over the bridge or we do do we do vocals over the bridge so a lot of the times you know that's where our producer will like, "Oh, we'll just save that part for the studio. We'll figure it out in the studio, which actually, during that song "Better Living," we did during the during the bridge, it's like I don't it just seems like there needs to be something else, but we just added a a crap ton of guitar guitar harmonies and a solo over it. So I think if when we're jamming it out, you know, and it feels right, and then we listen back on a demo and that's the thing it's like having demos and doing pre-production it is is the key for for this question um because actually just hearing it while you're just like not in the moment you're just taking it in as a as a listener um you can really kind of take yourself out of out of the just put yourself in the listener's perspective you know it's like and you can kind of say oh actually we might need to do this or I think if we just do this part, you know, half of half of this part than what we're doing here, um, it's an easier way to kind of hear it, and then you know we'll flesh it out. And if it sounds good, we'll keep it. Um, so I think that's the best way to do it. And also just having a very confident, you know, alpha producer, uh, you know, who who who's not afraid to share their opinions, which is what we want, you know, um, tell us tell us their their opinion too
0: what is the next step for the band i mean you mentioned you're recording a new album this album was well received this last album was well received um do you feel like with this last album going into creating the next thing is that do you look at that as a challenge is there is there a sense of trying to match or do better than this record like what how does that that psychological aspect of, of creating play into something when you have such a, a great album like this one.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, thanks. Thanks for that compliment. Um, we're always trying to, you know, um, progress as musicians, um, individually and collectively as a band. So, you know, um, we also don't want to write the same record, you know, five different times, which I think we've been pretty successful at. We started, you know, almost as like a noise rock band to like a sludge metal band to, um, you know, the heavy rock band. Um, and it's still, you know, it still has that heavy rock kind of. It still sounds like the same band, but we're just kind of. Challenging ourselves ourselves with um going into different areas. You know, we're we're writing some heavier, kind of rockier stuff that's pretty upbeat, um, bang your head kind of stuff. But we still got, you know, I think with the last record, we did really good with like the heavier, like kind of ballady kind of stuff too. So there's still that in there too. Um but we're getting like a little more queensy. We're doing some Queens of the Stone Agey, I like to say. Um, doing some like weird alternate tuning kind of stuff. Um, so we're just challenging ourselves in that respect, but, um, we're always trying to, whatever it is, we're just going to try and write the best record possible, um, as we can, you know, as we can do. Uh, we just got off a, like a little two week tour, um, you know, around, did a little West coast loop, which was fun. We haven't done a a long one like that in, in a couple years. So that was good to, to, to get out there and promote the album. We're gonna do. We got a couple of festivals we're doing this summer, and we're still trying to, you know, finalize the dates and and where we're gonna record. But the goal is to to finish that before the end of the year, so we've got so we can get something out uh, in 2024 and just keep the cycle going, and definitely do some more touring for sure. Speaking of touring,
0: how difficult is it for a new band? An up-and-coming band like yourself to get out on the road and and string along a, a collective amount of dates.
1: It's hard, man. Um, you know, it, it's it's the grind. But this last run was so much fun. We we um, we went out with uh, our good friends, a, a great Denver band called Bleak Heart. Um, and I mean, the band's gonna go on to really big things. If you haven't heard of them, definitely check them out. Um, just listening to them, you know, night after night, just be perfect and crushing, but also the way, you know, like we, we, we just, it was, we just had a blast bonding with them on tour and, you know, having a bunch of fun, but yeah, I mean, it, it's a grind, especially, you know, being in Denver too, like doing the West coast, it's uh long, we're kind of an Island out here, you know, so it's, it's long hauls. it's, uh, it's, it's long drives and, um, you know. You never know what the turnout's going to be, but, uh, you know, there's, there's ups and downs, you know, good nights, bad nights, uh, definitely more good than bad. Um, you know, we're not doing this obviously for the money cause <laughs> we're not making a lot of it. Uh, we're doing it because it's, you know, we, it, it, it's like we have to do it. You know, if there, if, if I wasn't writing music, if I wasn't playing music or performing, like I would just, I, I wouldn't know what I'd be doing. Um I, I'd be a lot less happy, I think. But uh yeah, we uh we, we definitely want to keep going. And uh, the goal is to do do a lot more touring um in the future. We just need to get get some get some new new record and new blood going as always. Keep going forward.
0: How much time do you guys spend on the road per year? Is it is it increased over time or is there a set number of dates you want to do every year?
1: It's decreased over time. Um, when we were younger, we would do, we'd go out for, you know, three to four weeks at a time. Um, I don't know, sometimes three times a year. So doing that, and that was all like DIY stuff. So now, you know, I'd really love to get, get out there as much as possible, but it has to financially make sense. And, you know, we all got jobs and stuff and we got rent to pay and, and, and all that stuff so um we we make it work internally you know some of the guys have you know tougher it's tougher for them to get get off work and and that's totally understandable um but if we can get out there if we can if I can do you know at least a month on the road you know twice a year I'd love that it's probably pushing it for some of our guys but uh, uh you know we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get there so uh, we, you can tell we, we talk about it internally. Sometimes I kind of push people a little, little off a little close to the edge, but, uh, <laughs> you know, we, we just, we, we keep as busy as we can.
0: <laughs> how hard is it to keep a band together in the modern day of rock music?
1: Dude, I don't know how we've done it. Cause it's Ben Taylor and I, and we've gone through a slew of of drummers and um we've recently just had a um, another guitar player join which i mean now that we're a four-piece way better than being a three-piece just a much fuller sound so it's tough it's tough um we've actually had a very solid lineup um since the addition of our drummer ryan who is just the best kept secret in this town uh amazing amazing uh percussionist so, the hardest part is finding, you know, the four guys, the four, the, the band members that, that actually have the same drive and motivation and are, you know, okay with going on the road and, and, uh, you know, eating beef jerky, you know, and sleeping on floors and stuff like that. Um, so that's the hardest part. Once, once you, I'd say it's 50% of, of the, of just like the, the camaraderie and and the relationship that you have, you know, with it's, you're married to four, four guys, you know, it's, it's trying to trying to keep those four marriages alive on top of, you know, having fun and being excited about the music and being creative together. Um, And I think we're in a great spot right now. We're, we're also happy with, you know, especially just getting off the road, everyone got jazzed and was like, oh, man, I wish we were still going. I wish we can do another one. It's like, let's just record. Let's do that. So the band's really excited right now. The band's really excited about the new material, really proud about the past. And um, we just we just feel like um, there's just more to do and more, pe- more ears to get into, which is our goal. It's hard to get into ears. You know, so so thank you for having me on this podcast, because, you know, the more people who can learn about our band, the more people listen to us, the more people give us a shot. And and I think uh, I just want to give I want to give our band a shot, you know.
0: <laughs> well, it deservedly so. I mean, the, the music is there and the production is there. And I mean, the songs are there. I mean, it's this last album. And I and, you know, it was so it resonated with so many people that I know. I got turned on to it and it was a fantastic record, but you know, in the dark is just one of the best albums released in 2022. And if you haven't heard it yet, for those listening, go check it out. It's available on all streaming sites. You can get the physical copy on the Abrams website. Um, It's just a fantastic record.
1: Thanks so much, Jay. It really means a lot, you know, just hearing that. And uh, like I said, again, we're, we're, we're proud of it. And um, yeah, we're excited for, to, to, to keep, keep going is there is there a level
0: and this might sound like an obvious question is there a level of frustration that you can put out something like this good and you got to fight for it to get noticed or is that just what you guys have come to expect
1: you know i you, you're always going to want more right no matter what level you're at I'm, I'm i'm pretty comfortable saying that i i've got you know friends you know, in bigger bands and even my brother um, who's a, you know, who's in decent sized bands. He plays, you know, with um, he's a drummer for, for Nebula and Mono Generator. He's, he's played with like Kirk Hammett and, uh, and Rob Trujillo and, you know, pros, you know, big time, big time, you know, professional legendary hall of famer rock and rollers. And, you know, those bands all do like his bands all do great. They just, they go to Europe, they make money. He can pay rent playing music. And, you know, um, I, I still feel like there's all, you're always going to want to level up. You're always just going to want to level up. So um, sure. Yeah. You can, you can get frustrated, but um, like I said, the reason we don't do it for the, we don't do it for the the money, man. Like we, we love to perform. Um, we love, you know, when people are able to hear it and and they respond to it positively, that means the world to us. So like, you know, you're, you're always going to want more, but, um, as long as, as long as you're staying true to yourself and, you know, true to, true to the music, writing honest stuff, I think people are going to catch on and, um, we don't, we're not going to slow down anytime soon. So, um, we're just going to keep working.
0: Zach, it's been a great conversation, man. I really do appreciate it. Yeah, me too. Thank you so much for having me. That is Zach from the band Abrams. Check out the album In the Dark, as I just mentioned, available on all streaming sites. You can follow Abrams on all social media pl- platforms. The links are on their website. What's the
1: website again? Uh, It's abramsrocks.com. Um, our Instagram handle is at Abrams the band. Um and if you just google like abrams denver you 'll be able to find everything you know vinyl merch bandcamp um through our our label to small stone records uh, is selling the a bunch of stuff too so yeah
0: awesome and that's abrams a b r a m s for those listening there's no h in it, so check that out <laughs> um great record, highly recommend it uh Chris cordetti is going to be extremely happy about this interview um he's been a big champion for the band um talking about abrams for a while and the music so glad we were able to do it glad we were able to have you on and thank you again yeah thank you so much everyone once again that's zach from abrams i'm jay scott this is the hook rocks the ultimate rock community podcast thanks again for tuning in start enjoying your summer out there it is here the heat's here the barbecues are here cold beers here whatever whatever you're into go enjoy and uh, we'll see you next time talk soon thanks